When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap here, Fightful.com podcast, July 3rd. It's the debut of this beautiful headband. You guys asked for it. You wanted it. It matches. I have two more that match, but y'all got the blue one. I'd like to wish a happy Canada Day to my Canadian friends and coworkers. But tomorrow is Independence Day, and you boys are going to be here. Myself, Anna Bauer, Jeff Hawkins for the post-Smackdown show. If you all missed the post uh G1 show, G1 special, and the post uh, Slammiversary wrap-up. I don't know what the hell the company's called, but it's Slammiversary. Uh, that is over at Fightful.com and FightfulPods.com. I am joined now by Alex Palowski, who just couldn't let me look the most ridiculous on this show. Uh, Alex, now, for, for a year you've worked for me. Yep. This is the first time that I discovered you are actually Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, it's true. No, I this is this is the sh- this is the hat I got when I got the brown bag special from Don West. Uh, but it's red, white, and blue. It's a, I believe it's an aces and eights, but it is red, white, and blue, so it's perfectly festive. And I'm the uh, U.S. Internet Champion, uh, in also in honor of the return of John Cena. Oh, that's that's Batista. Ray Mysterio's coming back too. And take and take it. The Undertaker. They're all coming back. Is he digging holes? Is he taking stuff? MVP is coming back. Okay, none of those guys are coming back. Okay, cut that shit out. Cut that shit out. Turn that off. Turn it off. Sick of that. Sick of that. You can't stop it, can you? You have to let it play through, don't you? We're going to have our feed pulled now because of copyrighted music. (laughs) So, guys, if if we have a muted podcast, you all know why. Anyway, (laughs) we have Monday Night Raw to talk about the uh, go-home show before Great Balls of Fire. Pretty stacked Great Balls of Fire card. Like I mentioned, guys, if you want my thoughts on G1 special, I did my match ratings. Also, I have a a post-show podcast. Go check that out. We kicked off the show with uh, an, an opening promo from Enzo Amore, and I thought this was awesome. Really, really good stuff. Halfway through, it kind of turned into like this white meat baby face thing, but he had some really good lines. Like he said, a lot of people thought that I was riding Cass's coattails. He was riding mine. He knew that I had a silver tongue, and he knew that he couldn't go anywhere without it. He said that, He's like, what's the worst that's going to happen to me? I'm going to get knocked out on pay-per-view. That already happened when I had him as a tag team partner. Am I going to get thrown off the ladder? Off a ladder? That happened too. What about being slammed on the concrete? Oh, yeah, that happened too. So if he was looking out for me, he wasn't doing a damn good job of it. Um, you know, Usually I hate on those UCs, but with Enzo, it kind of felt natural in this promo. And he unleashed that line saying – you are a seven-foot catchphrase that I wrote. And I was like, damn. 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 <laughs> I think he might be all right. I think he might be all right on his own, Alex. Oh, he's going to be great. The thing is, he's gonna. they're going to find somebody else for him to pair up with uh, eventually. But for now, his mouth can take him as, as far as it needs to. Like, he's, he's not WWE championship material, but he doesn't need to be. He's a lower mid-card to upper mid-card good talker. You know what I mean? He'll turn heel eventually, and he'll be even better at that. Like, he's so good at this. Maybe he'll be a, a, just a straight-up manager in another five years. He's This was really, really good. It was outstanding. And Harkening back to the Zero Dimes promo when he said when you – Uh, Get those merch checks, and you check your bank account, and there will be zero dimes. Man, Enzo rocked the shit on this promo. It was so perfect. Really, really great. Because Cass has been coming out wearing the generic black (laughs) cut-up T-shirt. 
because he doesn't have merch because all of the catchphrases are Enzo's. Yeah, and I, I loved how they they really they transitioned right out. Cass is backstage being interviewed by uh, Charlie Caruso, and from the top of the shot, Enzo just flies in and starts kicking his ass. Yeah, it's good. Phenomenal! I can't right. wait for this match. They they you have mean- Enzo. You have Enzo who can sell an ass kicking really well. You have Cass who can deliver an ass kicking really well. This is going to be good. They were doing stuff on the Singapore tour uh, where it was mostly just, you know, Cass, come down to the ring. I want to talk to you. And then they do this little bit. But it would turn into Enzo throwing some great jabs and then uh, Cass shrugging it off for a big boot. And I'm pretty sure that's mostly what we're going to get in this quote-unquote match on Sunday, but I'm still here for it because it could be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. Sasha Banks and Bailey technically defeated Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss. Took all of a minute before we saw a botch. Uh, I'm a big fan of Alexa Bliss's selling. It's it's a little bit different, but she makes it her own. Uh, she Well, of course she makes it her own. It's a little bit different, but uh, it's, it is her own. It's a different kind of selling. Really like it. Bailey gets taken out of the match by Nia Jax. Sasha gets the win. What do you see here? What do we got here? I don't have a lot to say Man. about it. I, the only thing I have to say is it was like, well, um, let's have Bailey stand on the ring apron and wait for Nia to pay attention to her, knock her off the ring apron, and then ram her into the barricade so we can get Bailey off the TV screens. Like, I don't, I don't know what they're doing with this Bailey thing. It's, it's weird. Um, especially considering the stuff she's been saying, uh, like she said in the interview with Stone Cold about like her character's in a weird place right now. And she doesn't really know, like, it's not like it was in NXT. She's kind of lost and like, well, yeah, <laughs> uh, we see that every week. Um, and it's not just you, it's the way that they're putting you in these positions. So that was the biggest thing to me. I mean, the fact that they had Alexa Bliss um, tap out, I mean, that's to be expected, but, you know, it's builds builds yeah. the match on Sunday. What, what, what did you make of them taking Bailey out of this match? That's the thing, is I don't, I don't know what the end game is for that. Like, if if they're building to something where they if Sasha wins on Sunday, you know, and then Bailey's like, okay, great, now I want a title shot, and Sasha's like, well, no, I'm not going to give you one. You got to earn it. And then Bailey keeps losing her number one contenders matches, and finally she's just demanding it until she has to, you know, like the only thing if if they're building something like the only thing she that is her entire identity is that championship belt and she can never get it, then that builds to a major change in her character. Or they just don't know what to do with her. But, but she already got it. it. Well, right, she already right. did. But then, uh, yeah, they, they can retcon all that stuff. They just won't show any highlights of her having the belt. They do that all the time. They're like, well, we have a new thing now. We're going to make believe that never happened. So maybe. Kyle, one of our viewers on Twitter, says that he appreciates your Trevor Murdoch cosplay. Thank you. I appreciate that too. Yeah. <laughs> Backstage crappings, Braun Strowman hilariously thinks that Roman Reigns won't be at Great Balls of Fire, and he wants competition. Titus O'Neil talks Apollo Crews into taking the match, which we will get to later. Right. Cedric Alexander defeated Noam Dar. Uh, Dar gets better every week, I think. Uh, Alicia Fox, good to see her back. And the lumbar check is impressive as always. That's really all there is to that. Yeah. Uh, going back to the Braun and Angle. Uh, spot in the back. I love that, like, Angle's like, well, my sources say that uh, Range is going to be at uh, <laughs> Great Balls of Fire. And then Braun goes, your source is wrong. Like, with a nice little dig at the dirt sheets. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Not your boy's sources. I wasn't out there reporting that Alberto Del Rio's sister was front row in a mask. <laughs> Nope. At Slammiversary. No, no, no. Your boys said it was Paige. <laughs> well, we weren't out there saying that Steve Austin was backstage and nope. LeVar Ball nixed the segment. <laughs> Your boys didn't report that. Nope. Some other turds did. 
Yeah, but th- that was great. Uh, and yes, this whole I, thing. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm with Strowman. I want better journalism. That's what we're all about. Absolutely. Better hashtag journalism. Listen, what we need uh, here for Cedric is something new and different. Like, he's been back for a while, and he, even ha- he hasn't even had one of those throwaway, fun, seven-minute matches with Neville on Raw. Like, he's still mired in this feud that started before 205 Live started. Like, he's still doing the same Alex, she looks so goddamn ridiculous in that shirt. I can't. <laughs> then what? It's red, I white, can blue, barely man. function, dude. Like oh, This is your fault, not mine. I look, I look good. I you look, look good. like everybody that lives on my street. That's <laughs> what you look like. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with no, that. Listen, I love my neighbors. Red, white, but... and blue is not my normal color scheme, so I had to, I had to dig in my closet to find this thing. Okay. Um, they, when Cedric went out, they replaced him with Rich Swan, figuring we wouldn't notice and ran the same shtick. Like, it's just, it's been going on way too long, and they keep saying, now it's over, now it's over, now it's over, but it's never over. It's Groundhog Day in the in the Cruiserweight division, and I'm done with it. Move well, because Noam Darno, that's the only way he's staying on TV. <laughs> but that's yeah, what he I should say. You I can catch him on the phone with Alicia backstage, like, listen, we got to stay on TV. Me, you, this is for both of us. I, I, I did really appreciate Hey, maybe even have a three-way call with Cedric saying, listen, bud, yeah, yeah. you need on TV too. Yeah. I I, I really did love the uh, Alicia Fox distraction where she just got up on the ring and said, you're a capital loser with two L's and then made the L's backwards because she's a delight and I love her. Um, Great. But they Great. could find something else for her to do. Miz TV, Miz has the Miz Taraj out there. Uh, Bo Dallas, I think you said he looked like a pirate going, going for a job interview. Yeah, yeah. Could be worse things. Uh, Dean Ambrose wants his rematch, but Heath Slater shows up. And he wants his shot, and he should want his shot, Alex. He does. Yeah, he, he, he deserves it. Um, that was good. Uh, this whole thing was great. I love the Miz Taraj. I love Casual Friday. Uh, Curtis Axel with the with the hair swept over to one side. Uh, I love a Bo Dallas not knowing what clothes are. Like, just I'm gonna put on a suit and a and one glove and and a and a white bandana because I because he's great because he's he's great. Uh, all of that's great. I love Rhino with his homemade "I'm with Heath" T-shirt. That was nice. The whole thing was outstanding, and the match was really good too and not just because the Mrs. Pants split. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh hey guys, of course we have Great Balls of Fire coverage Sunday post show podcast. We also have coverage of Friday's UFC show which has fightful.com's Elias Theodoro. Then Saturday, UFC 213 uh women's title fight in the bantamweight division, also an interim title fight in the men's middleweight division that I think Really determines the best middleweight in the world. Myself and Showdown Joe will talk about that at two or three p.m. Eastern on the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. And he spoke to Faraz uh, Zahabi ahead of this one, so that's that's a big interview for us. Also, uh, your boy filmed some segments with former WCW champion, not named Vince Russo, this week. So uh, check that out, please. Uh, if you all wouldn't mind, take some time, subscribe to us. Hey, at twenty thousand, we're a ways away, but. I'm giving away that guitar at 20,000 subscribers. Also, uh, go visit our forums. Maybe start a topic there. You can talk about anything. Just go over there, start it up, uh, join our community, talk with us. I would really, really appreciate that. And, of course, uh, leave us a thumbs up and share the video or a story link of Fightful. Anything like that, word of mouth really helps us. And uh, myself and Alex would, would really appreciate it. So Angle comes out. And... For for all of Miz that he does great on the mic, I hate the when my hand goes up line. I think it's really corny and kind of stupid, but it got a reaction, so whatever. Angle books Miz in a match with basically books two matches, books Slater tonight, Ambrose Sunday, whoever wins has to face him. I like that they keep referencing without going to it, the Corey Graves, Kurt Angle thing. Like they don't keep with the Kurt Angle, Corey Graves thing. But if they don't have a, like a little 
visual interaction, somebody brings it up. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, Angle really put Miz in his place. He was visibly upset, so that was cool. Then Miz SpongeBobbed himself. Alex? He did. Well, I mean, he obviously wasn't dressed to wrestle. He was out there in, like, this great summer suit. It was all white with, like, color on the lapels and a little a little jaunty red, white, and blue bow tie. And they're like, no, you got to wrestle right now. Right now. You got to change your gear. Go ahead and wrestle. And his pants great. weren't worked. Those things were regular pants, and they split down the back. Respect to Miz for not wearing the work pants, even though he knew he was going to be working. That's right. They were even taping him up as the intros were going on. I thought oh, that was great. a cool touch. It was a great touch. Like he really sells it. He's a he's a consummate actor. He gets to that point. But um the the match was a lot of fun. Uh Heath Slater hit this uh he ran, climbed up to the top turnbuckle on Miz to hit a power slam off of it, which I hadn't seen done that way. That was great. Um it was it was a lot of fun. There were a couple of cool near falls. Uh, a lot of fun interaction with uh, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel cheering for their guy. Uh, this was this was fun the whole way through. I loved it. Yeah, uh, best Raw match of Heath Slater's that I can remember, a singles match. I'm sure there, there might be a better one. I know that I'm, he had better ones on like main event and stuff or superstars where he could work 15 minutes. But it's been a while since we've seen Miz with cronies, much less two of them. We, we saw him with Alex Riley and all that stuff, but that was years ago, and his – his work's gotten much better. Slater didn't have a chance here, but the crowd I thought was really good and really entertained it. Ms. Taraj beats up Ambrose after the match. And after, after Maurice and Ms. kiss, Michael Cole says, I guarantee there'll be no kissing Sunday between Lesnar and Joe. No shit, Michael. No shit. Yeah, that was weird. That was forced. It just cost them like a thousand subscriptions. <laughs> no kissing, no buys. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Hey, didn't didn't I'm pretty sure Lesnar kissed Angle one time? Oh yeah, that, I think that was the the thing they were mentioning. I think it was supposed to be a rib on Angle. Uh, it was stupid. Maybe. He also kissed Jericho on the forehead before they got into a fist fight <laughs> backstage. <laughs> so you really, uh, honestly, this might have been a dare. To Brock. Brock yeah. might kiss Samoa Joe just to see what happens. <laughs> so so maybe I'm the asshole here. Maybe. There's the Goldust segment. He kept basically an updated version of his classic promos. To me, he needs the wig and the robe and the mind games. Yeah. That's what Goldust needs. Because otherwise, he's just a cheap rehash of the old Goldust. If he's coming out there with no robe, no wig, and he's not doing the mind games, then... Yeah. What, what is I mean, he? I, I I agree. I miss the robe and the wig. I think, what has it been? How long? 15 years since the robe and the wig? Like, it's been a long time since the robe and the wig. It's been a while. So I feel like it's a different era now. They People who don't know the original gold Golden Age Gold Dust might think it was weird. And is it, like, PC? That's I don't the point! Know. You're supposed to think it's weird. But I mean, like, in a different context now. In the, in the Attitude Era, anything goes. Like, it was intentionally... It's just a Roman wig! Well, yeah, but it depends on how he plays it. If he plays it like... He wears a goddamn trucker hat and a button-up flannel shirt. That's weird. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a damn headband and a red, white, and blue Kentucky shirt. Yeah. Look! That's weird also. Kentucky is spangled! <laughs> oh, man. Our truth is behind Goldust. He beats him up. We're getting this match Sunday, I'm sure. I hope. They haven't announced it yet. No, they haven't. It's I had the article ready to go. Already. Yeah. Seth Rollins defeated Kurt Hawkins, who said that he should be facing Braun Strowman. This was a squash. Rollins yeah. cut a promo. Later, Bray think, Wyatt was in the desert. I think Rollins hit that knee thing before the third ding in ding, ding, ding to start the match. Yeah. Like, that was that was quick. That was really quick. And then pin, one, two, three. Uh, I, I, when, when Seth was coming out to, to have a match, um, I was like, wait, who, who is there left? And because I always forget about Kurt Hawkins. 
Like everybody else that I thought was possible for him to have a match against, all those people were either in some other program or just not on the show. And I was like, who is it? Oh, it's Kurt Hawkins, which is basically my response every time I see Kurt Hawkins is, oh, it's Kurt Hawkins. Um, Yeah, good for Kurt being there and, and doing his job. Dylan writing on the chat brings up kind of a good point. This Bray Wyatt promo was great, but we've all been oversaturated with, with his promo so much that nobody will notice it. Yeah, that's the situation we're in. Like, he could go out there and say some of the coolest stuff. And because he never wins feuds. Tuned out. And, like, I mean, everybody can say, well, he got the last win over Orton. That's fine, but he didn't leave with the championship. No, and so he, he had, didn't win the damn feud. And, he, and yeah, that's true. And he needed the help of Jinder Mahal and the Singh boys to get it done. You know, like he can't even win it on his own without the, winning a non-title match. WWE does a really good job of making me not care about a lot of people, like like Bray Wyatt and Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton. I mean, I didn't care about Jinder anyway. He's growing on me, but I didn't because he's improving. I don't care about Bobby Roode, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. There's just a lot of guys that I, Seth Rollins is tiptoeing into that territory. Yeah, this is the- you got these. You got these few awesome feuds and like Enzo and Cass, Joe and Lesnar and Reigns and Strowman. And you got Rollins Wyatt there. And you know, Wyatt's just begging for that Finn Balor feud. So he can say, bring the demon out, bring the demon out, brother. And cut those stupid ass promos. And then Finn brings the demon out. And what happens? Finn beats him. Yeah. There you go. The pro, the, the, Program's over. It's SummerSlam. There's There's, your match. There's a really, there would have been a really great way of doing that is to have Bray beat Finn, Finn leather jacket matinee idol Finn over and over and over again until Finn brought the demon out and then could beat Bray. You could actually write that and they would be fun and Bray could win some matches, but they will never do that. There's not going to, there's not going to do that. And, and Bray as a character is limitless. And Bray, as a performer, can do whatever you ask of him. But the mm-hmm. problem is, the only thing they ask him to do is to go out every week, cut the same damn promo, and then lose. If he was asked to do something else, something that might make us care, then at I think point, he'd At what done. point does it become Bray's fault, too? Because well, I, I, I haven't enjoyed a giant amount of his in-ring work as well. Well, that's true. And, and listen... I, I, I don't know if I could possibly blame the guy for, mm. for, for at this point, after this many times in a row, just being like, you know what, fuck it. You know, uh, whatever. I don't even want to do this anymore. Because, like, just if, if, if a little bit of that, just a tiny bit of that creeps into you while you're in a match, the whole thing goes, goes to hell. You know, and I, I don't blame him if, he, if he's feeling that after, after what, he's, what he's been going through. Yeah, I mean, you can only be that that prospect for so long that has all this potential before it's just like, that ain't him. He's just going to be the, the upper mid-card guy that keeps losing. And I, I haven't seen the, the difference, the motivation, anything. It's just not there. Dean Ambrose, another day I don't give a damn about, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He's on the, on the almost the opposite end of the spectrum. It's where remarkable. He's yeah. Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe. I love this this promo. I don't know if any of it was scripted, and I liked it. They were just talking back and forth. They were listing off people that they had beat. Samoa Joe was like, why are you name drop? And then he name dropped people. And the thing is, you could see Brock Lesnar like legitimately scoff at Samoa Joe. He's like, Seth Rollins? You beat Seth Rollins, huh? Daniel Bryan? He's little. Like it was so great. It was oh, awesome. It was so good. Smoke um, was doing everybody. He's Samoa Ho. Yeah. 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 Damn. Uh this this thing was was really, really great. It's gotten to a point where I don't know why Samoa Joe hates Brock Lesnar so much. I've forgotten what it's what is all I know is right now. He wants to eat Brock's heart, and that's what's making me interested in this match. I don't remember how it started. Like, he won a, non, a number one contenders match, and he's like, well, now I want to I beat Brock. But now, at this point, it's gone way beyond that, and I love it. I love also how Brock has gotten his lunch handed to him twice 
by Samoa Joe in brawls and stuff and still is like, yeah, whatever. You're Samoa Ho. Like, like the fact that Brock still has that veneer of confidence because he probably should uh, is, is setting this thing up so well for, for Sunday. And I'm so excited for it. This mirrored a lot of the, the same things we see. We see this in WWE or not WWE UFC all the time where they're, in separate rooms in the same venue, and they just go at it. John Jones, Daniel Cormier, maybe the best one, like yeah. oh where John Jones <laughs> puts in his earbuds and he goes, "Hey, pussy, are you still there?" Like one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see like, that? Oh my god, yeah, it's great. It's yeah. one of the best, like great, um, great stuff. They like, could... they, and they, I don't think they had any of this scripted. I'm, I'm going to ask tonight whenever I talk yeah. to to my peoples, but. I, it seems so natural. Yeah. It, I, I think what they said was maybe here's the time mm-hmm. get to the point where Samoa Joe hunts Brock Lesnar down. Yeah. That awesome. I, I almost thought as he was looking for him that he was going to run into angle. And it's like, he's not here. You think we would put you guys in the same building? We know you would kill him. You know, like I thought they were going to do a cop out that way, but to have like him run into angle and he's like, what, what, where is he? Where is he? And they don't tell him. They just nervously look in a direction, and Samoa Joe's like, okay, that's where he is. That was great. The fact that you needed every security guy in the building to hold Joe back, was it was fantastic. And it wasn't, it wasn't Brock backing down. It was Brock not giving a crap. Like, that's different than the normal yeah. thing of, you know, the guy backs down. Like, no, no, we don't want to see saw that. With, we saw it with Asuka and Nikki Cross on NXT as well. It was very, very similar. And this is something that you and I both commented on on Twitter. This is how a lot of it should be. Now, you don't have to do this all the time, but the WWE should be a bunch of guys who want to fight yeah. and are okay with it. Being a coward should be a rare exception. That should be the Miz. That should not be Gallows and Anderson who are coming over from Japan after right. running amok on the place. That's that's not what that should be. It shouldn't be every heel. The Usos shouldn't be cowards. The Usos are their characters are horrifying. Yeah. Their gimmick is Uso penitentiary. Yeah. That has all kinds of connotations that I don't even want to fucking touch, pardon right. my language. Right. But um, like they, they shouldn't be cowards. The New Day were fine as cowards when they were heels. That was okay. But like it's it's rare. The way like the fact that they basically made Kevin Owens into a giant coward after he became universal mm-hmm. champ was the, was the worst thing I can remember a, a use of that yeah. gimmick. It just, it didn't fit him. This is a guy who brutalized people until he became champ. And then he was like, they, haha, I'm going to leave. They, they could have explained it. It's one of those things, Alex, that it takes one line from Kevin Owens to, to say, the longer I keep the championship, the more money I make. That's right. That's all he's got to say to go from being a badass to being a coward. Right. The longer I hold onto this title, the the higher my checks from this company stay right. because his original character was I'm only here to make money for my family. That's it. Right. Um, and you have him say that and he goes really quick from being a cowardly heel to a smart heel. Yeah. Who knows when to pick his battles? Who knows when to get counted out if it doesn't matter? You know what I mean? Like unless you say Hey, if you get counted out, your your check this week is half of what it what it normally yeah. would be. Then he would That's... have to fight to win that match. But figure something out. But just the the default of this guy's a coward because he's got the championship now. That's I can't do. We can't do that anymore. Uh, Kyle says, "Remember when New Day was meant to be church singers, and it was rumored they were going to be nation domination? Like, so I remember when that happened, and they were set to debut them, and." It's a good thing they didn't. It was the weekend of the Ferguson ruling, and they were in St. Louis. Yeah. And they just narrowly missed that, that the riots and things like that. That made them reevaluate things and, and the way they were taking that group. But I think when Triple H is in control, if he's ever in control, the money thing, Alex, will be more of a, of a factor because Vince McMahon likes to see his wrestlers. And I've, I've been told this flat out from WWE employees. Vince McMahon doesn't like his wrestlers to be portrayed as if they even care about money. Like they are above worrying about money. Right. And if that's the case, why are they fighting to begin with? <laughs> yeah. What's what's the point? Like yeah. Because I don't, like, I don't understand it. When Floyd wins a championship match, 
He gets a nice shiny belt, and that's nice, but he also gets a... Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. That paycheck. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's fighting for. The belt's kind of secondary. So, you know, yeah. that's that should be at least a factor in what you're doing with this hey, if you're presenting a, as a simple a simple explanation of why a guy wouldn't want to do his immediate rematch on Raw. Because I get the pay-per-view bonus. There's right. nothing wrong with, with sure. mentioning I get a portion of pay-per-view. That type of shit is brought up all the time in other other aspects. I always loved that how Dario Cueto did it. I think it was maybe the first or second season of Lucha Underground when Del Rio went in and said, I want a match with Tejano tonight. He said, no, dumbass, I got to promote that. <laughs> I know. Like, no, I'm not doing that. So there you go. Speaking of Lucha Underground, I got a story running tomorrow about Ricochet's comments. Called them pricks on the New Japan show, Alex. Yes, he did. I don't keep up with Lucha Underground. You told me that he is still he still got several matches to fulfill he still there. Has several matches to fulfill. So as I mentioned to you, and then I tweeted, his matches were filmed before the last Olympics, mm-hmm. which will keep him off of other American TV until after the next Olympics, which are in January or February, the Winter Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. That's Crazy! It is crazy. He he filmed. What is Lucha Underground talking about? He filmed his last match for them over a year ago, on the twenty sixth of June, two thousand and sixteen, and he won't be able to be. I mean, depending on how far they push this this thing out, because I'm pretty sure his last match is like, if not the last episode of season three, the second to last. Then he's what a year after that. Or whatever it is, like it's—I think it's six months. I believe it's six months, okay. but I don't have that confirmed. I'm, I'm trying to, but I'm pretty sure it's six months. He's done with them. He's just waiting for them to air his last match, which for yeah. some reason I thought was the the midseason finale, which you told me they didn't have shit planned. There. <laughs> no, nothing planned for it. <laughs> Neville versus Mustafa Ali. Neville wins. Neville is outstanding. That heel turn has changed his life, and Mustafa Ali compliments him so well. Mustafa Ali sells so well. Yeah. And uh, up until the match that directly followed it, Balor and Cesaro, I thought this was maybe the best male match on Raw in a few weeks. It was really, really good. Mustafa can sell his ass off. Neville gives him a great reason to sell his ass off. I would love to see these two in, in a pay-per-view match down the line because I'm I'm really enjoying Mustafa Ali and I really enjoy Neville as well. Yeah, Mustafa Ali's um, he's great. Uh, he was an alternate for the CWC last year only because a guy pulled out otherwise he, he would not have been on tv and he would not have been here the fact that he's gone from that to this is pretty amazing um he pulled out what is known in lucha circles as a pizza ddt this yeah. crazy flipping uh, uh uh helicopter uh ddt to to neville and neville sold that great he sold the hell out of a lariat um that set him up perfectly for the uh, butterfly crossface finisher, Neville goes into this crazy, evil, giant-eyed trance when he's got guys in his in his finishing uh, submission move that I love. This was great. When it started, I was like, "Please just give these guys more than four minutes. Let them do a real match." And they did, and it was excellent. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. These got these guys need a real like program it. together. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Mustafa Ali. I think that he he's one of those guys that transcends promos. Like when I see him work in the ring, I'm like babyface. The way he sells, the way his body language is, the moves that he does, 
Uh, the reversals he does, babyface all the way. Uh, Finn Balor and Cesaro had a tough task to follow, and they followed it pretty damn well. This is one of those situations where you have a lot of talent in the ring, and it, at the start, it's just not there, but it picked up for them. The ending got kind of messy, but I, I wonder, do you think Cesaro's going to be lost in the shuffle when Sheamus goes away for a while? I don't know. Uh, I, I really hope not. Uh, you know what? Let's have this. Let's have, let's have a, a, a Finn and Cesaro one-month program where it's just two guys who want to prove that they're better than the other guy. That could be fun. These guys work really, really well together, you know? Finn's not doing anything. Well, the thing, is, the thing is with that, like, if, if Balor goes to Wyatt in, in, in August, which no. I suspect he will. Oh, please don't. Then that match is going to suck. And yeah. then where do you go? Like, do you go from Bray Wyatt to Cesaro? I don't know. Now, it's it's weird. I mean, apparently Seamus is going off to film his match with Josh, his movie with Josh Dumel uh, in August. And so we're, we're thinking probably they'd have to drop the titles for him to be gone for a month or they work an injury angle into it. I don't know what they do. Um, but, uh, but, it's, but Cesaro alone, he's a great singles wrestler. It remains to be seen if they're going to give him something to do as a singles wrestler during that time. Um, but I, I liked this match. Uh, I think that Cesaro, he's a heel now, but you can't help but look at the stuff he does and go, wow, you know, because that's all he can do is do the stuff yeah. that, that makes you go, wow. And I really uh, enjoyed this match. I loved the finishing sequence where uh, Samson was down at ringside. Then the Hardys were a commentary. They came down and everybody took everybody's finishers on the outside until uh, until Finn hit his running front dropkick that you hate and then um, threw him into the ring so he could falling front dropkick onto him from the top rope. Uh, and that was that was fun. Matt Hardy, excellent commentary. Jeff Hardy, not. No. I thought the Balor's coup de grace was maybe his best that I've ever seen him do. It was really, really good. So uh, can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay, sorry. I thought my audio went out. <laughs> Braun Strowman, Apollo Crews. By the way, guys, we're doing uh, Great Balls of Fire predictions, so don't go anywhere right after this. I know a lot of times we go into other topics, but we're going to make predictions. Braun cuts a promo. He wants to hurt people. Titus brings out Apollo Crews, discusses his motivation for taking this match. Braun kicks his ass real bad. Apollo has a hope spot. You can. This is where you can see that Braun is still growing. But even in him growing, it may, like he's so protected and he always looks so strong, even after a couple losses, that this is entertaining. And that standing moonsault reversal was the damnedest thing I've ever seen. That that it immediately cracked like my top one hundred, like oh my god moments in Raw history. That was unbelievable. My top five. Like, it was so unexpected. Like, you saw him get the knees up immediately. And I was like, oh, you telegraphed that, Braun. Like, no, you didn't, because you're going to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and here's the thing. The fact that it's, like, it happened, thank God it's Apollo Crews and not some pencil neck. Because that man could have died. He landed directly crazy with his neck. Like, yeah. I mean, wow. And he sold it like a champ. It was amazing. Um there was some stuff in this match that Cruz did where he was like, I'm not backing down, which was really cool. Like, here's the thing. Apollo Cruz needs a character. But in the ring, he's still very, very, very exciting to watch. And Braun is the type of guy, if you let him do this, that could get six baby faces over in a year just by feuding with him if you gave him the belt and let him run with it. Like... This is the most interested I've ever been in an Apollo Crews match. And I watched this and I was like, well, it looked like the Titus thing was making him go heel, but then that got over so well that I was like, man, like this, this was shades of as, as weird as this comparison is. Bret Hart and the one, two, three kid. <laughs> because Bret Hart was a super protected guy. I'm not comparing them yeah, for, in a technical right. standpoint at all. Bret Hart was a super protected guy. One, two, three, kid was that guy that you saw that had a lot of potential. He was the underdog. And it's like, can he do this? And then Bret caught him in midair, put him in the sharpshooter. Only 
Braun caught Apollo in the air with his feet and sent him tumbling. That was just an amazing spot. Shout outs to whoever thought of that spot. That was really good. Yeah. And what I liked as much was Titus O'Neil, super babyface Titus O'Neil, getting in the ring and protecting his client right after that. Yeah. And okay, Titus is what? 6'5", 270? Yeah. And sitting next to Braun, Braun looks so Did you see big. that picture of Jack Swagger and Michael Elgin this oh weekend? Oh, my God. Jack Swagger looks like he was feet tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> J- guys, if you all haven't seen it, I'll try to retweet it at some point, but Jack Swagger's like a legit 6'3 and a half, 6'4". Michael Elgin is probably about 5'8", and you don't realize it because Michael Elgin is as tall as he is wide like yeah, he's, he's a broad right. dude yeah. and if you asked him to hold jack swagger up in a vertical suplex on the second rope he's probably doing it with no yeah. problem no problem at all but jack swagger made him look t- tiny uh yeah. elgin had an unbelievable match with kenny omega this weekend go watch that if you all haven't guys so after the titus thing which was incredible great stuff so from titus that so good in kicking these two guys' ass, it got both of them over more. Yes. That's the magic of this character, of this Braun Strowman. I'm, I, I keep saying, Braun can get other people over by kicking their butts. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, Titus said it in a promo earlier in the night. With that. Titus said it in a promo earlier in the night. He said, nobody knew who Kalisto was until Braun Strowman threw him in a trash can. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Hey, you know what? It, it worked a little bit with the NWO and Rey Mysterio back in the day when they lawn darted Mysterio. Yeah. That got sympathy for Mysterio. Yeah. People weren't like, oh, that that pussy Mysterio. No, they were like, damn, that was impressive all around. Strowman puts Cruz in the ambulance, but Reigns is in there. And then Reigns spears Strowman off the stage. That was another cool spot. I love this feud, Alex. Yeah, this is this is really good. This is uh it could be really good. It it could be. Like the fact that like they don't know it it seems like they didn't expect the Joe Lesnar thing to be as over as it is. Like it seems like that's a that's a huge bolt out of the blue for them. And that what was you know, like now where do you go? Like is are they blaming the low ratings on the fact that their champion is never there? Um, so they want to put the belt on somebody else. Like there's all kinds of things that are coming into this, but I feel like now is the time you have to pull the trigger with Braun and make him your guy. The guy, yeah. every anyone who works opposite him gets a bump gets gets a push from from just being in the ring with him. Like Apollo Crews got to do some spots that he can't do with other guys. Like he reversed a choke slam into an Enzigiri. Like ha, like that's great. And how do who do you yeah. work that opposite? You know, like that's so cool and it puts him on another level even though he lost the match. And it it also builds sympathy like you were saying, the fact that Braun Strowman hit him with three running power slams picked him up after the first two that's great you know and and now next week i'm interested to see what apollo cruz does does apollo cruz say i want Braun? i want to prove that i'm like 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 does he become like basically the black Sami Zayn in this in this feud and he just wants he wants to prove himself over and over and over again until you know he gets literally the crap kicked out of him you know i mean there's there's stuff you can do with that but it only happens if you pull the trigger with Braun in this ambulance match on Sunday, if you if you switch it back over to Roman and, you know, it, it kills all that momentum. Three Monday Night Raws in a row that uh, your boy has rather enjoyed. I do not remember the last time that happened. Uh, that's outstanding. Some strong character building. Some strong outside-the-ring angles. This week we got some some strong wrestling, I thought, especially with – the cruiserweight action, uh, Braun Strowman and Apollo Crews. I, I love the Finn Balor Cesaro match. There was a lot. They, it's just, um, it's just they're they're doing things that make sense and do it. That's all I really need is for this stuff to make a little bit of sense. 
and to add some depth. Now, not all of it makes sense, but enough of it makes sense for, for me to enjoy. Let's get into great balls of fire. Of course, we have live coverage. I'll have my match ratings and notes and analysis up uh, the morning after the show, of course. Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, what do you got here? Well, I mean, my head and my heart say the same thing. It's got to be Braun. But it's it's the WWE, so who knows? It all depends on if they want to if they want to jumpstart this thing and put Roman in a match with Brock at SummerSlam. If that's what they're going, then Roman has to win this match. So, yeah, I would really like if if they're doing the Roman thing. I would like if and now see that's the thing. I don't know if they would bring a Titus and an Apollo back to really touch this, but. Roman gets a little help because, one, this isn't Strowman getting pinned. This is him falling into an ambulance. Yeah. Ain't the end of the world. Hardly the end of the world if he gets thrown into an ambulance. And, um, yeah, I I think think Roman Reigns is going to take it. I think that's the direction they're going. Yeah. Cesaro and Sheamus versus the Hardy Boys. 30-minute Iron Man match for the Raw Tag Team Championships. I'm interested to see how the Hardys look after 2025. My thought was, my God, you're trying to kill Matt Hardy. Like, you're like, if we kill him, then we don't have to pay any money to, to Anthem for the broken gimmick because he'll be dead. Um, like, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. After that two out of three falls match, I felt like both the Hardys looked, you know, wow. And this is going to be, what, twice as long as that? So... Um, I, I, I feel like they're going to keep the belts on Sheamus and Cesaro for a little while longer, and then maybe they'll drop them to somebody else before Sheamus goes away. Uh, but I don't, I don't see the Hardys winning this thing. I think it'll be a really fun, like tied three, three with two minutes left type of thing. I think the Hardy boys will win. I do. Uh, that, that's really all I'll say about that. But I want to ask you, did you watch the Scott Steiner, Jeremy Borash, Abyss, Josh Matthews? Match? I haven't. I haven't been able to see it. I mean, I didn't get the preview last night. I, I, I'm, I'm, I plan on it whenever I can get a get a, a link to it. But yeah, it is must watch. It is incredible. It is impressive. Jeremy Borash has done it again with the cinematic stuff. You all can head over to FightfulPods.com, which houses all of our podcasts. Also, I did a Fightful Books it last week for production changes that I would like to see in WWE. But uh, FightfulPods.com and see my thoughts on that, but very good stuff. Miz versus Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental title. I think the Miz is going to win, and I hope it's the last time I ever see these two wrestle. Ever. If they each wrestle ever. for under 15 years, I hope I never see them wrestle again. Uh, and, Eight and times I, in the last year, one-on-one. Oh, my God. It feels On like, TV. It feels like quadruple that amount. Mm-hmm. Um. I honestly don't care as long as I never see it again, but I'm, I'm, all, I'm always going to root for Miz. I mean, the, he's got so much more going for him with the Miz Taraj now. You know, you can uh, get Miz is a guy who can also, who can get the dude he's feuding with over with his promos. So, yeah, Miz, please. Enzo Amore and Big Cass has got to be Big Cass. I don't think there's really any. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I, look, I look for a fun hope spot from from Enzo to get the crowd into it, but big cast has to win. Yeah. I bet these two are going to have a ball. Yeah. Oh, they've been fantasy booking this match against each other for four (laughs) years. You know, they have. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can't wait for that. Alexa bliss, Sasha banks for the raw women's championship. Is it Sasha Banks this time? She's been getting the reactions again lately after they yes. died down heavily. I mean, I remember last year, whenever she would come out, it was like monster pop, like big time reaction. She's getting back there. Yeah. They found a way to rehab her a little bit, and that's good. They needed to. Yeah, I think I think it's it's better all around uh, for everybody involved if Sasha takes it. And then as I was talking about, you can run a cool story with Bailey wanting a match with her best friend and maybe Sasha's not so quick to give it to her. That's a thing you could do 
in Brooklyn. Or not yeah. in Brooklyn, but in New York where they yeah. got that history. Oh yeah. No, that would be that if they don't if they don't do that, they're stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make and then happen. you could run Alexa Naya as like the undercard because that's gonna happen. Yeah. That's gonna those two are gonna clash. I think, yeah, I, I think Sasha takes it. I think that'd be a good one. Seth Rollins, Bray Wyatt. Seth Rollins is winning this match. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any other astounding predictions you could make where you're going out on a limb like that? Um, yeah, this is the most controversial pick. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't uh, send the hate mail. Oh man, unless they're unless somehow they're extending this thing all the way to SummerSlam, in which case Bray could win this match through underhanded shenanigans. You know, like 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 worms in the ring. And then, and then maybe he could win, and and then he'd lose at SummerSlam. But no, I think Seth. Tazawa versus Neville. I think Neville's winning this. I think he continues his dominance. I think you agree, but let me ask you this: Who's the guy that unseats him as champion? I, I don't know. I honestly thought it was going to be Aries, and then it wasn't Aries, and now I don't know. Um, I, I think you, whoever it is, needs to have a real build against him. Um, I hope, I hope it's either Tozawa, or after a good rehab and um, some uh, some story build, uh, Cedric Alexander, because those two guys could have a match for the ages. The fact that this match between Tozawa and Neville, which is really a cruiserweight dream match, considering what these guys have done all over the world, is on the is on the kickoff show, like. I don't. I, I don't even know, man. Like, they haven't announced golden the golden truth match yet. Uh, if they do, that match really should be on the pre-show. Like, who cares? Yeah. Like, you could. This is a great like get the crowd. Hope it should, but it wouldn't because of this crowd. But I mean, you could do some really great stuff with this. The fact that the cruiserweights routinely have great matches on pay-per-views and they're never treated, never rewarded as such, it, it hurts me. There are like six matches on this show that have all the potential to be really good, but yeah. you know not all six matches are going to be good. You're going to have one of those that does like the 10-minute rest spot and all that right. stuff. But yeah. I'm, I'm still thinking that uh, Alistair Black should be the guy, and I'm going to do a Fightful Books it on that about how I think that he can do that. They can make him, they can- and they can make the cruiserweight division off of his back too. They can step it up off of his back. I'll do a fightful books on that very soon. They could bring that guy up yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they don't need any, any time for that. They do it now. Reigns. Oh, uh, we, did we do Reigns and Strowman? We, yeah, we, we did that. Lesnar, Joe. I mean, I, I don't think WWE expected this feud no. to be so good, no. but uh, to their credit, they have recognized it, embraced it and went full throttle on it. Shout outs for that. That for for a long time it seemed like they just didn't want to listen to their audience. I have not gotten that feeling over the past month at all. No, I I I think that they they did. I, I honestly don't believe that they knew what they were getting when they put Lesnar yeah. and Joe together. Um, but for those of us who have wanted this match for like thirteen damn years. Like it's it's been a dream match, but these guys were on different promotions, and then one of them was in MMA, and then like one of them was NXT, and the other one was on the on the main roster. And now we finally get them together, we get this match, and the build has been better than I could have possibly imagined. And if it comes down to Samoa Joe gets his licks in, and then Suplex City, and then a couple of F fives, and it's over, so we can move Lesnar on to something else. Okay, fine. Because I'll remember this build and how much I loved it. But I think you these guys could give us something really great for like 12, 15 minutes of just just stiffing the crap out of each other. Um, mm-hmm. And and if in that case, I don't care who wins. I mean, I, I would love it if they pulled the trigger on Joe and made him your new beast and, and just made him the killer. Because that guy's showing up every week on Raw and murking somebody. Like that's that would be kind of fun. I don't think they're going to do that though. I think it's I think it's Brock. 
Guys, go over to our forums and put your picks in. Poetess Lady Love uh, posted a predictions uh, thread. So definitely, thanks to, thanks to her for doing that. And uh, make your predictions over there. I had somebody saying, and not trying to take a shot at him, but they're like, how can you tell me that Samoa Joe is a real threat to Brock Lesnar? And I said, Brock Lesnar against a 42-year-old fat Samoan guy sold over a million pay-per-views last year in a real fight. So, yeah, I can buy it. Come on now. Right. You need more people if you're going to come at me with that argument. I just got to come with more than that. I don't know, man. Like, it's it's not a shoot fight. And even if it even if it were, like, it's like, you know, like, it's it could be anybody can be a threat to Brock if you Because he's got a surgically removed butthole. Right. Well, yeah, sure. Here's the thing. If you wanted to use that, who would do you it could. better than Samoa Joe? Like to, yeah. f- to research this dude and just go for that. Just go for the body blows. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Joe would be the dude who did that. So write it that way. Book it that way. You know, we'll see. Alistair Black throws really nice kicks too. Yeah. That'd I wanted to just, just saying. That'd be fun. That would be a fun one. That would be a fun one. Uh, somebody says I need to cop that new Jay-Z. Yes, I do. I've, I've still got to listen to the new, uh, Royal Royal Black album or Royal Blood album. Alex, anything to add? We've got coverage, of course, uh, this week. It's a big weekend, International Fight Week, which usually is the biggest card of the year. Ain't even the biggest card of the summer because at the end of the month, we got Jones and Cormier too, and I'll be gone that week. I'll be in Toronto. Have fun, Alex. <laughs> I'll still be doing some work. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a big, big, big month, and Fightful turns one on Wednesday with The List and your boy. We did our first podcast ever, July 6, 2016, with none other than Vince Russo, and he will actually be on our show Wednesday in a segment. Uh, we talked to Deanna Perrazzo in those segments, J.J. Dillon. Uh, I may or may not be filming segments with a certain bro. It depends on if he actually shows up to the tapings or not, but... Talking to a bro, talked to another bro, a Hall of Fame bro, last week. Lots of cool stuff at Fightful.com. If you all uh, just visit us for our podcast, head over to Fightful.com. Check out our hot new visual changes. I'm going to try to get our Canadian uh, friends, our tech team, to add a little bit more as well. But uh, use that as your source for pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing. Even if you don't like MMA, boxing, or wrestling, we have a filter on the main page. And, of course, you can go to the sections like MMA, boxing, wrestling, bookmark that. Under each tab, we have events, results, exclusives, features. Uh, We have our pro series where Jason Kincaid writes for us and does some badass stuff on that end. But, yeah, um, had a controversial boxing fight this weekend. Jeff Horn and Manny Pacquiao in a badass fight. I want to see Conor McGregor fight Jeff Horn more than I do Floyd Mayweather. That fight ruled. And uh, we had a bit of an abbreviated podcast. Google ran into some issues, but I'm sure Stephen Carlos will have something for you soon. But it's a big week for us, Alex. Big month for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually my one-year anniversary of the first podcast I ever did. It was, will be Battleground. Because we did wow, I, I the really? first one I ever did was Battleground last year. And then now, so it'll be a year for me on Battleground this year. So that I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, it's been a really fun year working at Fightful, and thank you to you guys out there for making it yeah. what it has been, because this has been great. I was always amazed at how quickly and how easily you took to being on a podcast, because a lot of people were like, oh, anybody can do it. Anybody can do it, but I mean, it's not that easy, and it's just not that easy. I've been with some real black holes in my day uh, <laughs> on these shows, like... There have been some that I just tried to make it work and tried to make it work and maybe not even their personality, but just the way that we work right. together. And some, sometimes you got to conjure that up out of people and I don't have to do that with you. So uh, I like that. And guys, of course, tomorrow night, Alex or not Alex, Alex is off watching no. fireworks. And stuff. Probably doing something, something with the fan. Well, well your boy is working. Uh, but Anna Bauer, 
Jeff Hawkins, and myself. Tomorrow at 3, myself, Showdown Joe with the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. We have Faraz Zahabi on the show. Tune into that show. Let people know about it if you all don't mind. We're going to preview the uh, the Ultimate Fighter finale, and we're going to preview UFC 213. Wednesday, the list and your boy. It's a good time. Our one-year anniversary. And, of course, this weekend, UFC a podcast, Great Balls of Fire podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. Follow us at Fightful Online, cross-platform, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Thank you guys so much for supporting us through this first year. We're out. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.